0: Hey, this is David and Vicki Hello. with Mission Smart, and we are back talking today about caring for missionaries. Um, so it's kind of a general, you know, they call it member care, caring for missionaries, and we just wanted to talk about things we had learned about this topic.
1: I mean, these are things we learned both while we were overseas and things that we've learned since, exactly. I guess.
0: And we've talked a lot, and I think you could probably say our mission cast, a lot of it is about self-care. It's about the whole importance of workers uh, developing their own care systems on the field, developing before they go, learning things like... um, Developing a support network. We have a whole podcast on what we call the missionary support network, which is developing friendships in your church, friendships on the field, personal accountability. Well, I think it, the,
1: it's it also emphasizes the intentionality of speaking with those friends and talking to them about the fact that you need that support and you need need that that they can be helpful in your endeavors, if they can be a support for you?
0: Whether that's personally or professional mentorship. You know, um, to start off, I remember a pastor, I've had pastors, I've had organizations ask me the question, you know, when a missionary is really, really struggling or they're really, really coming apart and there was a particular crisis, the question was, you know, who should go over and pack them up? Who should go over there and help them? And they asked me, should it be the church? Or should it be the organization, you know, maybe their member care team? And I I remember saying, you know, you've only given me two options when I'm, I'm wondering... Oh,
1: there are so many other options other than those two things.
0: But my first thought was, the third one was, I want to talk to the workers themselves, the missionaries themselves. Like, how did you get yourself in this state where your church or your organization has to come down and help you? So the emphasis... Not
1: that... that- you're trying to examine it.
0: No, what I'm saying is, why is that the only options? Where was the, gr- the support on the ground? And so a lot of our what we're doing in these podcasts is talking about how you can develop personal accountability, personal friendships, keep your team healthy, following Matthew 18, seeking out mentors. Maybe they're not with your organization. Maybe they're completely out of your circle Maybe they just work there in jobs. They work for some petroleum company or they work for Ford Motor Company or they're in the military. So these people can be part of your on-the-ground support. Um, And it doesn't need to just be thinking, okay, I've got everything in my team that I need. And if that fails, then I have nothing. I guess that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. Is someone just... Leaning so heavily on if things aren't going well with my team or my team leader, then I'm I'm sort of out there struggling. And we've seen people. And if you go to a town or a city far away from a lot of other support, well, then... When... That
1: may be the way that it is. And, and those are situations that you may need people to come from the outside um, at certain times if there is a crisis. Right. But if you're in a city, which there's so much work in cities these days, and cities are bigger and bigger. People are coming to cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a community there of either other missionaries, um, expats, uh, local believers, all of these people that can be a part of your support system there.
0: And the reason we say that is because we don't want to think everything has to be tied back to sort of the mothership, whatever, the states, you know, your home office of your organization and the member care people or your church. So I've had churches tell me, you know, what should we be doing for this missionary? And sometimes they do need help. They need phone calls and it is good. And it is good to have those friendships. But we put, we emphasize a lot with workers as they're on the field or before they go, you need to do all you can to set up a local network of support, resources, people that can be in your life while you're on the field. So that's the context we're speaking in when we say caring for missionaries. Um, there is clearly a role for organizations and churches that have, churches may not have a member care staff of sorts or trained counselors, but those friendships are vital to keep in touch with them. Organizations often have some access to some people with either pastoral counseling, uh, gifts, strengths, or actual certified counselors. Mm -hmm. Clinical. And we tell missionaries, you know, tap into that. My goodness, if you've got an organization that has access to that and can provide that for you, and then it's really on the missionary to talk and tell what's going on. I always say... If you don't tell your doctor what's really going on with you, he can't help you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and sometimes um, with technology the way it is, what we've seen in the last two years, especially after, during and after COVID, is that there is a much greater access via Zoom, although it's not ideal, right. but there actually is access to uh, long distance communication and counseling options if you're in a difficult place we've seen that skyrocket um, and and while counselors it may not be ideal and they're not liking it as much they also see the value and we're seeing more and more of those kinds of services in the Christian counseling community being offered to people overseas
0: well and we are finding that we can get on these different apps on your phone and be in contact with people in faraway places right here, sitting right where we are in our home and be a listening ear and give them other perspectives. Um, So back in the day when there was no internet and phones cost a lot, it was really hard. You, you could feel
1: you really isolated. Yeah.
0: And you had to really take initiative to either get across your city. Sometimes people had to travel. To a city, like if they mm-hmm. were out in a smaller town.
1: So get either across your city or to a nearby city where there were other people.
0: I remember sitting with uh, some workers before they went and saying, where's the closest people in your age group? Or or another mother who has children like yours? Or who's if a believer. Was, yeah, or who was a singles? Where are the other single? Well, it's like an hour.
1: Yeah, because there were almost no local believers in their area for them to fellowship with.
0: They may have had just a, a one family they were with or one other two workers or a national. And they realized they just had that handful of people and they needed to go. So I said, you need to budget where you can either go in every two weeks and just spend a night or a day um, with people like yourself or getting out of the work or going to an international church, or sitting in a cafe, and just, um, I guess, getting out, getting, getting your head out of where you are. So, so there is a place for this care, but once again, we're always emphasizing um, the need for initiative on the workers' part. That's why, if you would listen to the one on Support Network, you'll see that the, the foundation of it all is the is you, the missionary, taking the initiative to put this network together and not sort of passively waiting for something till it happens? And then, you know, there's this panic of where am I going to get help? So Vicki and I are actually about to go on a trip and we're hoping to be there a couple of months. And our what's the whole idea of going there for a couple of months, Vicki? Why are we doing this kind of trip?
1: Well, what we have found is that when we go to a place, um, we usually don't stay with workers there, machinery workers there. Um, we usually will s- find other accommodations mm-hmm. um, if they're available. And if we can kind of pitch our tent and park next door, or nearby and then enter into their lives, um, for a bit, for maybe a month, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe two,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then we play, we can play a unique role in their lives. Uh, we're showing love because we're coming and staying for a while. We're not asking of them to be taken care of. We're not asking for them to house us, to feed us, to do any of those things. In fact, we have a budget set aside so that we can um, take them out, mm-hmm. even sometimes take them out of town um, to pull them away. And we found that you you get to know people and that they it's very valuable to them to have a person who is there long enough to kind of bridge that gap and see what their lives are really like and is willing to just help them in any way that they might need help. Um,
0: They're usually surprised that we're not coming to do a particular ministry or or a workshop or a any kind of a ministry program. It takes them a little time to believe.
1: That we have no agenda except we would just like to be there in their life with them. And to have someone from the outside who has both experience in overseas living and mission work and is a different age. Actually, we're older than a lot of the people that we're spending time with. So we have a little breath of life experience, Mm -hmm. but we're not living there full time. We're not engaging. We're not working with them. We're not over them in any way. We're not linked with their organization. We're just other believers coming alongside, it gives them a very safe place that they can talk about things. Some of the things they talk about are um, personal issues that are
0: going on. Yeah. Maybe they're calling, um, thinking they were going to stay for this amount of time and they're reconsidering or it's harder than they thought it would be. or um, they Occasionally
1: ne- they'll have an interpersonal conflict with someone and they just don't know how to handle it. And they don't want to talk to people who are living there all the time or who are within their small community team Mm -hmm. or community because they don't want to um, gossip. They don't want to uh, influence people that this is their, this is their community. It's such a small community often that they need, but they need help on how they can handle this situation. They need advice, input, and we're safe people because we're gonna we're gonna leave. We're gonna take that information, and we're not going to try to interfere. We're not going to talk with their organization. We're not going to go to their team leaders and say, "Hey, they told us this. You need to do that." No. We're just there as a listening ear for them, to help them figure out how they can handle it. In the most godly way.
0: And I think we learned this when we were there, when there were people who came over from outside, if they weren't there specifically for a short amount of time for a short-term mission trip or specific ministry agenda where they were very busy, um, they were just coming into our lives, you know, taking us out for a meal, coming over to meet our family they were sort of made available for us to ask them questions. I think the key thing is when they when their agenda is only them. Um, we saw people come and we would hear they're coming and they're here for a whole week to do a particular training or teaching. We were a little reticent to think, hey, I wonder if we could get an evening with them. Or let's have them over and try to pick their brain about something. We probably would have you know, we just didn't, but when the idea of somebody just coming, so it's a, it's, it's a challenge to other people who may want to just go visit. You know, we often come in, it's like (laughs) we in America, we don't do anything without a plan and we always have to have an agenda. And so the fun part, funny part actually, is when we don't have these heavy agendas, it's hard for people, um, asking us, what are you going to do? Um, because if we don't have this workshop, Vicky and I have plenty of training workshops we could do
1: if and, they and, and occasionally someone will say, "Hey, could you um could you do this thing? could you could you teach us on this, or on marriage, hey, I've or... got a bunch of friends, and that stuff that we were talking about the other day it seems like it'd be helpful for me and my friends. So can we go out?" dinner and you tell them that, or can go for a weekend somewhere and you could talk to them. Sure, I can do that. But I think people don't want to be projects. So when we say the people are our agenda, it is to be whatever they need. If they need us to babysit their kids, if they need us to whatever. We've taken people to the hospital when they're sick. we and we've done all sorts of
0: things. We've gotten out of town, allowing them just to speak English and go have them show us a place they like. Um, we've taken them maybe to stay in a hotel and just relax.
1: And it's interesting when people get out of their circumstances, they get out of the the hamster wheel that ministry day in day out weekend week out can feel like um and just relax that some of those deeper questions that have been nagging at them or deeper thoughts that they're not sure what to do with or how to process those those come out in natural conversations so all of this is very natural and
0: yeah i think we've called it organic member care sort of relational.
1: organic mentoring, whatever.
0: Yeah. But it's relational. And like Vicki said, when you, you're not really there to check on them. You're not really there to show me what you're doing. Show me your ministry as much as we're seeing how they're doing and providing enough space for them to ask questions and sometimes we meet them in a environment, you know, somebody will invite some friends over and then we just connect and get a phone number. And they say, how are you, when do y'all leave? And like, oh, we're leaving in a week and a half. So, or two or yeah, three. Right. And they say, oh, I think my husband and I would like to see y'all. And could we get together? And we say, sure. And then we just start lining up coffee, dinner, breakfast. And um...
1: Just getting to know people. It's also interesting in in these communities of people overseas, they tend to be, believing communities tend to be small in many places. And sometimes, I, I, I just remember sitting there where we were and saying, I would just love to go out to dinner and talk to somebody that I don't know all the things going on in their life whether that was uh, national believers that we were friends with or other workers that we were friends sh- with, we knew all the things and it would just be nice to be with someone on the, on the outside who just has interest in other things. And it would just be refreshing.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Cause sometimes we are, we get our heads into our work and it's about the work and um, that's not always healthy. I think You know, here in our own home country, we notice that people have so many different circles of friends. They have church friends and, um, you know, sports friends, hunting friends.
1: Family. They have um, family.
0: Biking friends, family friends. Or I've got a couple of buddies I like to go to a movie with. And then Vicki has friends that she just likes to go sit in the backyard and have coffee. Well, they're not all in our church. They're not all in our line of work. They don't all live in our neighborhood. And that is a very normal thing. And I think it's a very healthy thing. And yet on the field, um, just because there's probably less of us, Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes organizations and teams want to provide those services, those that support as a team, um, can sometimes not Sometimes not remember that you need other friends, you need people who aren't even doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. There may be on the other side of the the bay, the river. Um, they're back in another city, and um, we speak. I speak about this in my book of having people outside your line of work, your line of maybe you're even your uh, doctrine, your whatever you call it, your denomination. Um, they're not. Co-workers, they're actually believers who are in a completely different field.
1: Which in some cases could be um, nationals, but in some cases there aren't national believers. And so most of your national friends will not share your worldview.
0: So that's a value, and that's why we do these trips, and we're about to go on one and uh, as Vicki said, pitch our tent for a while. And um, we we have to trust the Holy Spirit and our friends that we already have there to connect us with their friends and see what God can do. Um, we want to keep talking about this idea of caring. For no, we'll talk
1: about it some more on our next podcast.
0: Exactly. Thanks for being with us on this one.
1: Thanks for listening today, feel free to email us with your questions to david at esionline.org. It's always encouraging to hear from our listeners how God is using this podcast.
0: Our ministry is called Equipping Servants International, which exists to equip churches, organizations, and individuals to reach the nations both at home and abroad. Our desire is to see people better equipped when they leave, be able to thrive and be effective on the field, and transition back home well. Our book is called Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, and it's available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle.
1: Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.